Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday, we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by Ray Christian that he first shared on the podcast in February of 2015. Here's Ray now with a story we call Child's Play. It was the summer of uh, 1970 during break from uh, elementary school. And we were surrounded with hot, tarry, sticky streets that were badly in need of repair. And we were surrounded by dilapidated houses, abandoned homes, single-family dwellings that now had more than four families each living inside, crisscrossed with alleys and spaces between houses that made it easy for you to walk through. One of the streets was called an avenue in the cars sped by all day long. On one corner, there was a gas station that fixed cars. On another corner, there was a pool hall that was active 24 hours a day. And across that avenue was this large, wide building that people call the club. And it was within this orbit our entire world existed, where we played unsupervised and unlooked after by Miss James, whom our working poor parents paid a few dollars each day to look after us. I heard Miss James say before many times, mostly behind our parents' back, these damn kids are not worth me chasing for the few pennies that I'm making. So with this attitude we remained unsupervised to run amok in the neighborhood and to play with whatever the environment offered to us. As a group, we were the two Daniel brothers, Tim and Mo. Tim was uh, 13 years old in the fourth grade. His brother, Mo, his little brother, was 11 years old in the fifth grade. <laughs> Then there was Fred, who was 11 years old, but he had no front teeth. Then there was me, 
11 years old, and ironically, my mother cleaned houses, and she babysat white kids for a living. So as a group, we went about unsupervised, and we played with whatever we could find. In particular, we played in the alleys. The alley by the gas station gave us the most stuff to play with. Everything that they would dispose of, oil cans, tires, batteries, we played with. One of our favorite games was to stack up dead old car batteries, and they were heavy. And one time, Fred, he started stacking up these car batteries, and he got them really high, and it started to tip, and some fluid splashed out, and it got on his face and on his arms. And he screamed. But nothing happened right away. Then his skin started turning white, and it peeled off. He started crying, and he ran off. The informal rule of our play was, anytime you started to cry, the game was over. One of the other things we liked to play with was the nuts and bolts that we found in the alley. We would throw them at each other, we'd throw them up in the air, throw them up against the side of buildings. But more than nuts and bolts, we liked to play with spark plugs. Think about a spark plug, it's just like a plug of metal surrounded by ceramic And the thing about it is the weight. It's heavy for its size. And one of the kids said to me, Ray, you ever heard the sound of a spark plug when it hit the ground? I said, nah. He said, take it and throw it on the ground. So I picked up the spark plug and I threw it down on the ground and it started to bounce and it made this funny, strange, reverberating, uh, echoey kind of sound. It was like, boing. So I surmised in my 11-year-old mind that Whatever this thing came in contact with, it would bounce. So I picked up a spark plug, and I decided to test out this theory by throwing it at Tim's head as hard as I could. (laughs) So I threw the spark plug at him, but it didn't bounce when it made contact with his head. And it didn't vibrate either. In fact, when it made contact with the side of his head, it just made a thud sound and it fell to the ground. Then Tim fell to the ground. (laughs) Then he went to sleep. Then he woke up. Then he forgot what happened. And so since he didn't cry, we just continued to play. We also liked to play with the old tires that we could find in the alley. We would roll them around the corners. We would sit on them and make car noises. Vroom, vroom. And sometimes we would take these tires and we would roll them into the avenue by accident. Sometimes on purpose. Well, one time we were rolling the tires and we rolled them into an avenue and two cars almost collided trying to avoid the tires. They squealed on brakes. One car actually hit the curb and ran up on the sidewalk and knocked over a sign. And the guy got out of the car and he chased us. And he actually caught Mo and he pulled off his belt and he beat his ass. Shortly after that, uh, his brother Tim, he ran after an imaginary tire into the avenue. But he got hit by a real car. Broke his leg in three places. The bones were sticking out of the skin and bleeding. But we continued to play anyway. (laughs) 
One of the things we like to play with a lot, of course, were balloons, but we, we never had a lot of balloons. Every time we would get some, we would end up popping them the same day. But one day I was walking through the alley and I saw this balloon sitting there. It's a white balloon. And I noticed that the, uh, the part of the balloon that you blow up, it was a lot larger and rounder than the, than the balloons that I normally would play with. But I could tell that somebody had used it before because it had spit in it. All right. My spidey senses are telling me that somebody is wanting to say, Ray, explain to us what it tasted like. But it's not relevant to the story. Well, I started looking for them after that, and I started finding them. In fact, I had a little sandwich bag where I was actually starting to collect them. What? So, so uh, it was this guy in the neighborhood I was walking with. He didn't normally play with us a lot. And we were walking together, and I saw one on the ground, and I bent down to pick it up. And he said, stop, don't touch that, it's nasty, don't you know what that is? I said, of course I know what it is. All you have to do is clean it off, and it's good. He said, oh, well, okay then. (laughs) But it was something about my mother's reaction when she saw me washing one out in the sink. (laughs) And she almost killed herself trying to take it away from me. She made me uh, gargle with vinegar, and she... She threw away my stash. (laughs) That and something I heard in health class about uh, semen made me give up the balloons. (laughs) Reluctantly. But the thing that would change our whole playing environment was when the club was actually closed. And shortly thereafter, it was transformed into a public health clinic. And outside that health clinic was this big old dumpster that they would fill with medical waste. No, this was fun. (laughs) You could go inside and pull out these long gauzes and bandages that had red and brown and scabby, sticky, slimy things on them. No, 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 no. You could wrap yourself up and look like a mummy. But the things that we were really interested in were the needles, because we were familiar with darts. Uh, We'd seen them on TV. We'd seen them in the store. Um, The needles were easy to get at if they were on the top. But every once in a while, you had to stick your arm in deep to get at them. Sometimes you had to jump inside to get at them. Now, you'd get stick in a few places, but it was no more than uh, running into a, a brow patch or messing with a blackberry bush or something like that. It wasn't really painful. The, the more dangerous thing you had to worry about is if somebody had shut the door on that thing on top of an old alley cat. And you get caught with a cat in there and he's holding on to a bloody uh, sponge or something, he'll fight you for it. <laughs> So we gained a lot of experience playing with needles. Uh, we called them dart needles. Um, 
Some of the smaller ones, if you threw them, they wouldn't fly very well. The needles would bend. They would break off. So we knew that you had to get the bigger ones, the ones that would have needles that were probably at least two inches long. We knew the ones that had needles that had hoses on them, they weren't worth anything. And we soon discovered that if you took those needles and you filled them with water or sand or rocks, they were heavy and they would fly much better. And one of the games we used to play was stick the board. And basically we would take one of these needle darts and we would launch them up into the air and somebody would take a board and they would hold it out and the dart would fall down and stick on it. Sometimes we'd lob them at each other and somebody would stick their board up and stick it. Sometimes we learned to do a little spin and stick the board out and catch it. And every once in a while, there was a couple of accidents, you know. But, but as long as you didn't cry, we could keep on playing. So one day, somebody launched one high into the air, and Fred did his little dance. He spun around. He took his board. He threw it up. The dart came down, and it stuck right in the corner of his eye. So Fred hit the ground and he started trembling. And he screamed out, don't pull it out. And somebody yelled, pull it out. And Tim pulled it out. So uh, Fred, he stopped shaking in and he was just staring into space. Then a little small pink tear came out of the corner of his eye. So technically that's crying. So we stopped playing that day. But for some reason he didn't want to play anymore. Just reflecting on these childhood playing experiences, uh, now that I know something about uh, germ theory, uh, <laughs> disease transmission, HIV, hepatitis, how lobotomy is performed. Um, <laughs> look, I, I can't tell you for sure that any of these things had any long-term impact on any of us. But I can tell you this. Tim, the kid that I knocked unconscious with a spark plug and who ran after an imaginary tire and got hit by a real car, he grew up to die of a heroin overdose. And his brother Mo, who got his ass whooped by a complete stranger, he died after he slapped his girlfriend and she stabbed him to death. And Fred, who spilled acid on himself and got a needle stuck in the corner of his eye, he was killed trying to rob a pawn shop. And the kid who tasted sperm, he lives. That is all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.